Salutations to all the nations. Welcome to our swab experience with your boy, D.D. Darius D., the most dashing, the most handsome boy that you all desire. I'm just playing, y'all, but hopefully you guys are still surviving. Hopefully you guys are doing all well. Hopefully you're doing just fine. So, as you can read... We're talking about being unequally yoked. But before we get into that matter at hand, this is what we must do. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform that you very so choose to use. Also, make sure that you leave a five-star review. Only five stars on Apple iTunes, okay? And last but not least, make sure you hit me up, underscore DD. The Suave Kid 15 on IG. Hit my DMs if you want to collab. Hit my DMs if you have any questions or suggestions or something that I could improve on regarding this show. Make sure you guys check out my food page, Some Suave Food. Also, you can check out my YouTube channel, The Suave Kid. And run those subscribers up. Watch my content. You know, it's... More or less, I would say it's more fun. Not to say that this show ain't fun. It's fun, but it's a different type of fun. This is more intellectual, whereas that one is more trivial. And um, it has more to do with stuff that I like to talk about in my spare time as far as like fashion goes, as far as food, and as far as... um. Fashion, food, and travel, as well as uh, sometimes I talk about my faith on there. I haven't done a video yet. I will soon. But I usually talk about more in-depth things on the podcast that way because sometimes you might not have, well, you have time now because of uh, the situation that we're in. But if you're on the go, if you're working out, you can still get a stimulating conversation in mind and ideas in mind. Whereas, and then do your your thing, whether you're working out, whether you're doing like reading devotionals, whatever, but, or cleaning, whatever it may be, because you can do both at the same time. Whereas if it's a video format, you're basically, you have to sit and watch me talk about it. So I'd rather do it in this form. So I'm trying out different platforms some suave food is on ig so you can check out my food stuff my food pages and my blog and whatnot so yo your boy dd is gonna be shaking up this world eh and y'all don't better y'all better not sleep on your boy don't sleep on me i'm telling you because you might get left all right so today we're talking about unequally yoked for those who are unbelievers you might not be familiar with that term you might be if you're a studious person but this also applies to you in another way where it might not be religious per se but it does apply to you i think that the bible is sufficient in understanding human behavior and understanding how we become better humans but for the most part the Bible is about the story and the personhood and the divinity of Christ and how he reconciled man b- between their God. So 
Let me run that back because your boy slurred his words. So basically what the Bible is, is the word of God, okay, throughout human history. But it's about the story and personhood of Christ, the divinity of Christ, whereby he reconciled man back towards their initial relationship with God. So that's what the Bible basically is. And it helps us, even though it's broken up into different components, it's a book of many books. And the Old Testament, I still read it. I know some Christians, I don't understand your logic. You read the whole Bible. I'm not saying that you have to do exactly what people did in the Old Testament, meaning like their practices, their religious practices. I'm not saying to do that because then that puts your faith in Christ at a standstill because if you do those things, you practice that law, the Jewish law, then technically you don't believe that Christ fulfilled it. So I would say just for those who don't really know, that's what the Bible really is. You read, as Christians, we normally read the Old Testament for its wisdom because there's a lot of wisdom in it. And there's some examples where we can follow. For example, in the book of Psalms, you follow, or we look at different accounts and stories of different people within the Bible, look at the good that they did and follow that per se, and then look at the wrong and try to avoid it. And you can see yourself in certain situations and in certain people. So it's basically the whole Bible is important because it shows the story in time. And it actually, the, a lot of Old Testament books, I know your Jewish people listening to this might not agree, but it's okay. But it basically foretells the coming of Christ. So a lot of the prophecies goes into that. But there's other podcasts that I probably will suggest that you listen to. Um, other preachers that can fully expound it to their capability where you can understand it. I would say that this is the show. I do talk about my belief a, a lot, my beliefs a lot, and my morals a lot on this podcast. Because like I said, from the jump, this podcast is basically you're seeing me develop as a young man through time. So that's what it is. It's basically a documentation. So a lot of the things that I believe one year, I might not believe the next year. And it's not the core beliefs. It's more like, I believe, or I think a certain way that way, because my mind, of course, as a young person is developing. So a lot of things change. A lot of things that I once learned, I unlearn. A lot of things that I want to learn, I will learn. So it's a process. And that's what this podcast is about. But let's, because I've been going on a tangent, but let's turn ourselves to the book written by my one of my favorite Bible characters of all time. Uh, my top three. Obviously, Jesus is number one, but I'll put Paul, number two, Solomon, number three. Those are my top three. And my second favorite person in the Bible is... Paul, as I mentioned before, and this is what he says in 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, where he basically 
explaining or going to yeah you're going to explain or explicate on the relations between people regarding believers and unbelievers and this is the letter to the people or the church of Corinth and this is what he says so I'm going to be reading for from the English standard version so the the versions that I normally read from are the following I always use KJV at my basis and for those who don't know what that means is the King James version so it's basically old English so if you are not familiar with that think Shakespearean think middle middle ages so I use that as my standard, my basis, because that's the first one, right? So that's where a lot of these versions are based in. And then the two that I use that are more modern are the English Standard Version. And I also use the New English Translation as well. Those are the ones that I find that are the closest or are close to it without losing certain things. Because some things are taken out or some things are lost in translation where it doesn't have the same vigor or, or passion or purpose as it did with the language. And I think the language is very important because if you even, especially when it comes to English, if you misplace certain words or certain phrases, certain propositions in a sentence, it could completely change the whole sentence and the meaning thereof. So that's why I'd say for me personally, ESV or NET. So this is what it says, 2 Corinthians 6 and 14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness. So, for those of you guys who don't know what it means to be yoked up, I'm pretty sure um, Paul was not talking about egg yolks, all right? But what the yoke he was talking to about is referring to because of that time period where people were more into farming, more into agriculture than we are today. But... What it is, is a yoke, is a wooden cross piece that is fastened over the necks of two animals attached to the plow or cart that they are going to pull. So the yoke is definitely used in scripture a lot because, like I said, in those time periods, a lot of the times, especially when it comes to if you study Jesus and the Gospels, he always spoke in parables because it's the easy way to explain a message to somebody through stories. Now, they're not allegories, meaning that a story that may teach a lesson, but is not purposeful. So they're not allegories, but they're parables. So the Bible talks about parables, not allegories. You guys, you can look up the definitions yourself. They mean separately different things, but they are similar in some some way, shape, or form. So I would say that when it comes to that yoke understanding, it basically means that two people or two things, in the case of what the actual noun is, 
it depicts two animals coming together to work together as one, as one body, as one movement. So I don't know if you guys played this game back in elementary school that I used to play. It was called blob tag or link tag. Essentially what the game depicted or what the game was about is that you have one person who's the blob and everybody's running away from said blob. And when the blob tags a person, now that person becomes a part of the blob. So they now have to link arms and try to get everybody else. Now, what works is when the two people work in one movement in order to get everybody else. What doesn't work is when one person wants to go left and the other person wants to go right. You're just going to pull apart or you're going to hurt somebody. You're going to pull your arm out of your socket, something like that. And the more people you get, the more people, the more other people become the blob. And then you have to finally get the last person. So I look at it in that way where you're linking yourself up with somebody in an environment or in a relationship and there is a metaphysical yoke attached to you guys because now you're synced together, right? And there's pictures that I know. One of them is G. Craig Lewis. And he says that this also can apply to your friendships, like your close friends, people that you want to spend time with. You're pretty much yoked to them. But I'm just going to speak on the talking point about relationships. Now, this very much applies a lot to how we are able to have relationships with one another when it comes to romantic relationships. And the reason why Paul says that is because a lot of people in Corinth at that time they were very loose, so to speak. I'm just going to say that and just leave it right there. But their understanding is that they wanted to marry people who were not believers. Now, as you know, I mentioned way, way back when I first started this podcast, I talked about intermarriage and the different forms of intermarriage. And I talked about interfaith marriage and how nonsensical that idea really is because now you're talking about two different belief systems two different morals and i as i said last week when it comes to morality it's your core of who you are and your true identity and now those things are combating because if a hindu says x y and z and a muslim says a b and c how are they going to come to a consensus to agree on something that is moral and something that they are basing their whole life around. These are not things that are trivial, such as I like LeBron and she likes Steph Curry. I don't know if I could ever date a girl who likes Steph Curry, but that's a story for another day. But if, 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 if it was just based on trivial things such as that, you can compromise, okay? Me, I don't know. Like, if you disrespect LeBron, that's fine. That's fine. Like, I might look at you different. Might not talk to you for a week. But I'm just playing. But if it was just based on that thing, then whatever. That doesn't really matter. 
just trivial, but when you're talking about things that set your whole life and your worldview, it sets basically how you're going to be raising your child or children if you want more than one. It separates your family from their family because these are serious, hard-hitting issues. And I know atheists or agnostics out there, like, that's why I'm atheist. That's why I'm agnostic. But at the end of the day, you can spin it this way. It can be political as well because there's certain beliefs that do stem from religion in politics when it comes to because especially in the west we're more democratic uh we don't have a monarchy so when so when it comes to our politics and i i'm just thinking about what plato said because he didn't really believe in democracy he said democracy technically can actually make a society worse off. And that could be a totalitarian argument, but I don't think he was talking about totalitarian, talking about um, being a totalitarian. Sorry, I'm like that's a lot of T's. But uh, he was really talking about the fact that when you have so many options, so many choices, then it's hard for us to come together as one unit. But, and I don't fully agree with that. I believe in free choice. But when it comes to um, politics, you have people on the left side of the spectrum, and then you have people on the right side of the spectrum. So when it comes to politics for the atheists and agnostics, where do you lie when it comes to that? Because even when it comes to marriage, Politics somewhat matters. It matters to people in the world more than it does to certain Christians. But I know Christians who are tend to be more liberal, and Christians that tend to be more conservative. Conservative, and I am pretty much in the middle, I'm moderate, so to speak. And there's some people who are apolitical. But if you just think about politics in itself. Are you pro-life or pro-choice? Are you going to be voting Democratic or Republican if you're from the states this year? Are you gonna or did you vote conservative or liberal if you're from Canada last year? So we have to really and truly think about these things because these are the things that we base our life on our livelihoods on this is the things that we should not take the light of because now you're literally becoming selfless and joining together and in the word this is what it says i believe it's genesis 2 we just type this out quick Yeah, Genesis 2. This is God talking about the companionship between a man and a woman. And this is what he said. Genesis 2, 18 and 25. And this is NIV. 
which is a still okay version. I had an NIV Bible when I was a little youth. Now I'm a grown man, but here we go. The Lord God said, It is not good for a man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And the Lord had gone out and formed all the wild animals from the ground, all the birds from the ground. And he brought them before the man to see what he would name them. And whatsoever the man calleth or called every living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals, including the fish in the sea and all those creatures in the sea. But for Adam, there was no suitable helper found. So the Lord God caused him to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with the flesh or with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man. And this is what Adam said. This is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And this is also what Jesus said later on in Matthew 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. This is why, or that is why, man leaves his father and his mother and is united as one to his wife. And the two become one flesh. And Adam and his wife were both naked and left in no shame. So as you can see here, we're talking about yoke, talking about becoming one together. This was before Paul was even thought of, right? And this goes back, and Paul also recites that same verse in Genesis 2 and 24. The whole cause of what marriage actually is, is just leaving your mother and father and becoming one with a wife if you're a man, and a husband if you are a wife. And you're yoking yourself together and moving as one unit which is a description of the Godhead, how the three move as one. So when we understand these things, when we understand how crucial and important it is for us to take it seriously, not just to look at the external, because, yo, I get it. You want to look for the person that's the most attractive to you and i understand it i'm an understanding man and i'm superficial too right so i have my specific my specific i almost did a black thing and just said pacific but yo the specific attributes that i think are more attractive in a woman than my friends would think are more attractive in a woman so it varies per person is your preferences and i get it but when it comes to the core is she a Christian fellas? Is he saved, ladies? These are the things that we have to look into. And I'm just going to say Christian because I know there's many denominations. And when it comes to denominationalism, I am very liberal on that. But if you think, for example, say you're an apostolic and 
apostolic Pentecostal, which I fall under, and there's oneness, right? I think it's okay personally to date somebody who is Pentecostal but might not be apostolic Pentecostal. So, like, for example, Kojic, so that's Church of God in Christ, when I'm UPCI. So I personally don't see anything wrong with that. I know some people would say that that's a big no-no, but when it comes to a lot of this denominational stuff, it's really just matter of opinion, and that's what I think. But I think there are some denominations that are not biblically sound, but I would say look, because I know that there's many Christians from many denominations that um, are listening to this, so I would say your best interest and the most easy interest for you, per se, is just to stay within your own denomination. I think that's the easiest thing for you. So if you're non-denominational, find somebody who's non If you're a fella, make sure it's a fella because it's a man that finds a wife, findeth a good thing. So ladies, you don't pursue. You wait. Okay? You wait for a man to find you. But... When it comes to, uh, but when it comes to uh, denominational stuff, I would say stick with your own because it's easier for you because you guys already believe the the same thing, right? So, and a lot of people do you, and that's the thing that I get confused about sometimes is when it comes to denominational things, a lot of people use the same scripture that I'm referring to regarding uh, 12, um, 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, saying that it is uh, applicable regarding denomination. But if you look clearly, it's talking about light and darkness. It's talking about wickedness and um, righteousness. So that has a lot to do with an unbeliever, meaning a person who does not believe in Christ versus someone who does. So I don't use that scripture regarding other denominations because essentially, yeah, they have a different approach, but they're trying to serve the same God. It's just different theologies and different doctrinal talking points. Which can be discussed, but if you're listening to this and you're a Baptist or you're non-denominational, you're apostolic, you're Pentecostal, you're evangelical, whoever you are, and it doesn't matter who you are. I would just say stick within your own because it's better that way because you guys already believe on so many different things. Right? You already have the same theology so it makes more sense to do that because even though you you do serve the same god as an apostolic you just have a different approach to different things and then it could be combative in that sense and i don't know how your families would react and it's best to minimize as much uh i wouldn't say it's not really conflict I would say controversy as possible because you're talking about Christianity. And I know Christianity as a whole as a whole because it's not for the world and the world does look at it as controversial and conflict. That's the that's where the main conflict should arise from is from the world, from the enemy's kingdom, 
not necessarily within itself. Because like Jesus said, a house divided about divided about divided against itself. Wow, bro, what's wrong with me right now? A house divided but divided against itself cannot stand, right? So that's what we have to understand when it comes to that. So when it comes to the denominational aspect or component, I'm personally would just say stay within your own denomination, right? Because you just want it to be a more of a cohesive unit, right? And that's what I would say regarding that. Especially because you just don't want unnecessary conflict with family members and whatnot. Because you can help who you like. and So you can miss me with this nonsense about, oh, I, you just love who you love. No, you can choose. You can choose. So <laughs> choose somebody in your own denomination. I personally probably will just stick with somebody in my own denomination as well. So that's basically it for me regarding that. So we're just going to take a quick intermission. This is a suave experience with your boy DDs. And we will be back momentarily. Yo, so we're talking about being unequally yoked and all those sort of things that you've heard. If you're a Christian, if you're not, I'm hoping I'm being very insightful. I'm hoping that I'm not confusing you or pushing you away from it. But... It, like I said before, this also applies in a secular standpoint, right? So when it comes to your beliefs, I'm not talking about <laughs> trivial things such as height. <laughs> I know that there's some girls out here <laughs> that are asking for guys who are my height, 6'6", six, six, and they're like 5'2". Mm, yo, that's probably not for you, fam. I think you should probably stick with somebody... 5'10 and under, you know, something obtainable for you. But and I'm not talking about stuff regarding class or the socioeconomic background. Definitely, I'm not talking about race either, because when you break down race, it's pretty trivial and it's socially constructed. And there's actually verifiable evidence for that, because the different skin or pigmentation that somebody has in their features and the kinkiness of their hair or lack thereof, all is arbitrary and is basically 0.02% of your genetic makeup anyways. Okay. And especially for the Christians out there, God never has made that distinction Meaning that he did make different ethnicities. I'm not going to be ignorant and say that we're all one, like one colored or da 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 da. I'm colorblind. That's nonsense. Miss me with that. But what I will say is that there is only one race that he made, which is the human race. Okay, that's the one species that we that we are a part of. And I will say that there are different cultures, which people create based off what where we live all this things all these things are very arbitrary right they're not biological per se when it comes to different races 
or when it comes to the different skin color is just about how much melanin you have inside of you. Whereas black people, we tend to have more and then white people tend to have less melanin. And that also have to do where their ancestors were located. So if you're born or your ancestors were born in the northern part of the hemisphere or like of the equator, then you tend to have less because there's less sun. Where if you're on the southern side of it, you're going to have more because there's more sun hitting that way. So because humans are very adaptable if you look at certain groups of people some have higher lung capacities if they're living in a climate that has less oxygen meaning or high altitudes where it's harder to breathe so i would say when it comes to the idea of race it's socially constructed and i would believe and I will say that when it comes to that, that's not has nothing to do with um, your or being unequally yoked. I would say that if you make that argument, I'm not trying to be. Uh, it's not legalist is not the term, but I'm not trying to be a social justice warrior. But I will say that's kind of a racist talking point because that's not biblically sound. If you just prefer one group of people over the other, then sure, man, knock yourself out. But I'm not here to condemn for that. It's more or less your belief systems and compromising. Like, fellas, don't be a simp, okay? Don't, just because she's fly and she looks nice, don't compromise your character or compromise your religion to get some girl who is in the world. And I, I usually find women do this more than men, and I'm not trying to be rude or sexist or anything, but I find that a lot of girls, especially in the church, they try to flirt to convert. And if you don't know what that means, it's basically you're flirting with somebody to try to get them into the church so that you can marry them. That sounds like manipulation to me. And I would say you should probably stray away from that. That doesn't... That's not a good look. If you have to lie or try to flirt somebody into the kingdom, that's definitely not biblically sound. And you don't have the strength to do it. That's more or less God's word and God's message is supposed to intrigue them or pull them in and they accept it. If they don't accept it, but they like you, then you're on, you know, unfruitful relationship and you're not you cannot and god will not accept it and you can't ask him to bless it because it goes against what he already said and if you think about it statistically speaking interfaith marriages don't pan out to bet a lot of them end up in divorce more so than are successful right so i would say Try your very best to just stay in the church, be, remain a Christian. If you want to stay in your own denomination, stay in your own denomination, marry within people within your own denomination because it's easier that way because you already believe the same thing. And it's where you're going to base the foundation of your family. Like I said, 
when you look back at Genesis 2 and 24, it's the two becoming one. And that's what we have to understand, right? So if you guys have two separate opposing views, it's like that game that I referred to previously of blob or link tag, depending on where you're from. You're just going to keep pulling apart or you're going to end up hurting one another because you're not going the same way. And to further that, the farmer was the one that made sure that the oxen were working together and following the same path. If one were trying to steer off, the oxen would, uh, the father, I'm ahead of myself, but the farmer would make sure that the oxen goes back into the path that it was supposed to go or that he wants them to go because that's the best path for them and for the crops to be fruitful. The same thing is with God. If you guys are in a serious relationship leading towards marriage, courtship towards marriage, and when you have those things in place, if one were trying to like steer away the farmer where God the Father, in this case, would make sure that they're working together or push them back together to go back on the same path. And that's what we have to consider when it comes to relationships is that you can't be unequally yoked because it's not good for you because one person is going to pull you another way. Doesn't matter how strong you think you are, someone's gonna get pulled. And then if you pull the wrong way, you're gonna mess up the crops for everybody else or what the farmer had planned. You can hurt somebody, you can hurt the person that you're with, you can hurt yourself. So there's so many things that are at stake when you are unequally yoked. Speaking towards Christians and also referring to people who are not Christians or that are listening to this, like it'll affect your life as well. It may not be a religious standpoint, but it may be a political standpoint where you want to vote conservative and she wants to vote liberal, or she votes for somebody that is pro something that you are against. And it's a serious core value to you. <laughs> like she might be socialist and you might be free trade. So these are things that you should consider. And that's why I picked this verse because I know for a fact that it also translates to people who don't adhere to Christianity. It's not worth the risk, especially when you get family involved her family your family and when you start your own family your family appropriation that's when it gets tricky and you might be miserable so it's better off because when it comes to marriage when i said this before is two complete different people coming together so even if you guys have the exact same upbringing you're still gonna have conflict you guys can be born in the same hospital, in the same town, at the same time, have similar um, parental upbringings, 
similar background, similar culture, you guys grew up at the same church, and then you will still have a problem or still have conflict because you're two different people learning to come together as one under God, as a reflection of the Godhead. So there's still going to be problems. So it's better to minimize as much problems as you can now. And that's what he's saying. Because God's not going to bless that marriage if it's unequally yoked. You're you're responsible for that. God's not responsible for that. Because he told you what to do already. And that's why I think it's crucial. If you have to wait it out, just wait it out. Like She might be fly, but she's not that fly to lose something like that. Or to have that much problems or headache. If you have to wait it out, wait it out. Or for some people are luckier or not necessarily luckier, but maybe might be more mature at that, a certain time where they get it earlier. Because my parents were married pretty young because my dad was younger than my, is younger than my mom. But, and then there's some people that I know that, got married later on. So there's no specific time when it comes to marriage. But what I will say is don't be equally okay. It's something that you shouldn't risk doing. And I think we should not just take it for a grain of salt. I think we should actually sit down and fully comprehend what it actually is saying to us. Because, yeah, it might be a small verse, but it has a long-lasting effect if you do not use it properly. There's some people out there that can tell you that they should have listened. And there's people who did listen and tell you all the benefits that come from listening to it. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. I pretty much wrapped it up. In this segment, as well, so I won't have to go to wrap it up DD where I wrap up and I sum up the show for you. But hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode. Hopefully, you guys are staying healthy and safe and encouraged. Hopefully, this was entertaining a little bit. I know I stumbled over some wording throughout, but it was not too bad. But you know, sometimes I'm trying to talk so fast to get all this idea, all these ideas out at the same time, and. My mouth is just blah, 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 like mush mouth off of Fat Albert sometimes. But I don't do it often. I'm pretty articulate. I would hope so. But thank you guys for coming by. Once again, also share this with your family and friends on whatever social media platform that you so choose to use. It's all up to you. It's your prerogative, all right? You don't have to be Bobby Brown. So make sure you send this out. To all your family and friends, if you have any questions, hit me up on DM underscore DD Suave Kid 15. And if you do post it with your family and friends or post it or share it with them, make sure you tag me so I can repost it on my story on Instagram so that people can follow you as well. So thank you guys for stopping by once again. Your boy DD is out of here. We're logging off. So just chill. Just chill. Till the next episode.